John chapter 5, and if you have the outline um, already, with it, let me see, everybody, okay, I don't have the outline, let me see your hands up, okay, we all have the outline, great. Now, um, we read the um, Bible passage before we do the open part of it. And the Bible passage is from John chapter 5, from verse 1 to 15. So this is what's going to happen. You need to pay attention. I was going pay attention. I'm going to read one. You are going to read two and three. I'm going to read four and five. You are going to read six and seven. A feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, let's do that again. Let's kind of rise on our feet. This sitting, <laughs> reading is not working. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> let's rise on our feet in the honor of the word of God. I'm going to read again from verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and work. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. 
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I mean, we did a lot better than the last time. <laughs> you guys are fast learners. <laughs> the last time it was almost horrible. <laughs> okay, let's clap for ourselves. Let's clap for ourselves. <clears throat> okay, so the open segment, I mean, we just, for, for all it's worth, we'll just um, go over this. We got to chapter four in seven weeks. How many, how long will it take? How long will it take to finish 21 chapters? So, yeah? I can't hear you. Please put up your hand. Yeah? Praise God. Hallelujah. It will take 12 weeks. 12 weeks. If it took... Seven weeks to do four chapters. It will take 12 weeks to finish 21 chapters. Okay. If you take... Okay. Uh, okay, there's another hand there. There's another hand there. Good try, though. Good try. Good try. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Good evening, church. Good evening. Praise the Lord. It will take us 35.1 weeks to finish. 35.1 weeks to finish it. Okay, good try, good try, good try. So, we, okay. we, we did say that, um, yeah. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. So, if it took us seven weeks. I'm, I'm trying to write the answers. 30, if it took us seven weeks to wait, get to Wait, God. wait, 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 wait. You said what? 30? 35.1. Okay, good try. Yeah. If it took us seven weeks to get to four chapters, yeah. I divided seven weeks by four chapters, <laughs> and I got one point seven five chapters. So thirty six point seven five weeks. Okay, the people that are green are clapping. Thirty six point seven five weeks. Okay. So who says? Oh, there's another one here. Ah, <laughs> a different answer than this was. <laughs> okay, let's have it. Pastor Dina, tell us. Okay. Mathematician, singer. No, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> um, okay, I have 36 weeks, 5 days, and 6 hours. That is, that is 36.75. Okay. Oh, okay, great. Great. Okay, cool. So, we did say, we... <laughs> okay, how many people, are, everybody agrees that this is the closest answer, all right? Who disagrees? Some people shaking their heads. Ah, okay. Jackson disagrees. Let's see if Jackson will solve it. Let me just go ahead and solve it because we have a lot of ground to cover even right now. I mean, it's this teaching. We did say that we got to um, chapter four in seven weeks. If we got to chapter four in seven weeks, it means that <laughs> it took us six weeks to finish the content of three chapters. Because on the seventh week, we're at the beginning of chapter four. <laughs> True or false? Oh, you see now. Oh, oh. 
Okay, so it means that in, um, it took us two weeks to do one chapter, right? How long will it take us to do 21 chapters? 42 weeks. That's the correct answer. <laughs> now, some people felt that there was some Ojoro going on there. <laughs> you see, a lot of people have the skills to solve that, that problem. But you see, most people don't spend time to understand the question before they answer the question. So, skill is not enough. Most people aren't answering the questions they are being asked. In fact, most people are answering questions that nobody is asking. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's, that's usually the problem with life. We, we don't spend time to understand the problem. Because we are competent, we just go and solve a problem that nobody has asked us to solve. And we wonder how come we are not getting the answer. And that's the problem with this man by the pool. He was answering the question that Jesus did not ask him. Would you be made whole? I know my uncle's relatives, father's brother did not come and put me. Was that the question? How many times have you been in conversations with people and you ask them a simple question and they're answering their own, they're giving you their own answers. Some of us, we've been in school where we, <laughs> I remember clearly. I mean, even though it has come out as jokes up and down, but I remember the guy in school that he got to the exam hall, he looked at the question paper, he, he didn't understand anything. He wrote his own questions and he, <laughs> and he solved it to show the lecturer that it's not that he doesn't know anything. <laughs> The I just asked questions he didn't know. So, let me tell you what I know. <laughs> what will this call? And in life, sometimes, that's usually the challenge. We're intelligent people, competent people, answering questions nobody is asking. We have businesses that don't get traction because they are solving problems that no, that is not anybody's problem. So nobody's going to pay for it. Praise the name of the Lord. So if you look at verse 1 of um, this text, it says, afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. And, you know, if you are following our teaching, we will remember that Jesus, in chapter 4, uh, is it better? Jesus, in chapter 4, was, was leaving Judea to Samaria, Right? The Samaritan woman. Remember that story? So Jesus went from Judea to Samaria. And by the time we get 
to the end of chapter 4 in part 8, he had gone, he stayed in Samaria for two additional days. Then he, he went to Galilee, right? Where he met the man whose son was, was sick and said, come and prove it, my son. And he said, go. And the son was healed that very hour. So by the time we get to chapter 5, again, we, we see John actually telling us blow by blow how things happened. Where Jesus was at. John, in fact, was the only one that told us how Jesus moved from Jerusalem to Samaria, Samaria to, to Judea to Decapolis back and all that stuff. The other, the synoptic gospel just told us the final movement to Jerusalem. Only the final, final movement to Jerusalem. So, by the time we get to verse chapter 5, we see here that Jesus is now coming back from Galilee. He has come back from Galilee to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus was really mobile. Now, this journey is, is, is about 70 kilometers in Jesus' time. And it, it takes them about two and a half days to walk it. So Jesus, two and a half days, go here, minister under the sun. And that's why he was thirsty. Come back, minister, go there, minister. And some people, once there's no AC in the church, they can't attend that church too. Because we'll be sweating. Meanwhile, Jesus was walking in the hot sun. So and fro, to and fro, to and fro. That is not, not worthy. By the time we get to verse 4, it says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. And troubled the water. Whoever first gets in, gets healed, regardless of the disease. So that was just God showing the people that He wants them healed. And it was a supernatural stirring. So people have argued that, oh, there was a spring and, and under. Um, underground supply of water that bubbled up and that is why the um, pool was, was bubbling and looked stirred. But scientists have gone there and they've proven that there was no spring. In fact, that the thing is what they call a catchment basin for water. That is all. So an angel actually goes and stairs the place. Now, the question is this. Why didn't God heal everyone that stepped foot once the angel stares the water? Why the first person? Why didn't God heal anyone? As, I mean, who, who, who wants to go? Why, why didn't God heal everybody? Guess up. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think that's in adherence to the protocols of times and seasons. Because even the angels... Can, can you break that down for normal human beings? <laughs> Protocols of adherence to times and seasons. Yeah. Yes. That, I mean, uh, in Ecclesiastes, the Bible makes us to understand that uh, there's time for everything. Okay. 
that even the even the angels that step in that comes into the water, yeah. the Bible didn't tell us that it comes all the time. Right. Certain time, certain season. So he stares it. Yeah. And the first person gets healed. Why not? Because it's it's it, at the time when he stares it, I'm sure hundreds of people will jump in. God, heaven knows the first and heals the first, right? Yeah. So why don't all the hundred that jump in get healed? The prerogative is his. The prerogative is it's his. God's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Prerogative. Turinchi, <laughs> man. Well, I like that. But we, we don't want to the prerogative. The prerogative is, 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 is uh, discretion, is the score. Okay. Thank you very much. That's, that's, that's actually... Um, any other answer? Okay. Yes. You need to move quickly. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think for anybody to be the first in that pool, the person must have been waiting there. And there must be a preparation on the person's part and an expectation also that something is going to happen for me. So, and I think God not healing everybody is also to make people understand that, look, I'm God, I can do this for you. So, prepare yourself. You may just be the next. Okay. So, okay, fine. But so, but does that even sound fair to, to what if five people are prepared and five of them are getting? Yes. Um, finally, then, then we go on. Praise God. Hallelujah. I kind of think that it might have been their faith. So if they had the belief that it's the first person that will get healed and that faith is necessary so if the first person goes in uh, and God picks that first person and the other people don't feel that they, they deserve to be healed because they were not the first to get into the pool, then they okay, probably so wouldn't get it. That's another way to think about it. Okay, thank you very much. Um, however, the, the, the closest to it, it would be a combination of his answer, which is it's God's prerogative. It's, I mean, it's the sovereign, sovereignty of God. He just chose that that is how that is going to be. At that time, again, in combination to that, it is it is the time for Jesus hadn't come, so it was the foretaste of the healing waters of life. In in the case of this pool, it is the first person that gets in. In the case of Jesus, it is whosoever will may come. So in in our case, it is whoever gets in. Revelations twenty two. 17. Revelation 22, 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say come, and let him that hears say come. Let him that is thirsty come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life. Let him jump into the water of life. Let him partake of the water of life. So, in our own case, God is saying whosoever will. But God was giving them in his sovereignty a foretaste of that. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 6 says to us that when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Honestly, that's, if you look at it, why would Jesus ask such a question? Someone has been paralyzed, lame, 
for 38 years. He's not lame sitting in his house. He's not lame begging on the streets. He's lame by a pool that brings healing. So I'm, for 38 years, I've been hoping that it would be his turn, it would be his turn, it would be his turn. And you come to him and, and you're asking him, do you want to get well? Why, why would Jesus do that? Why, <laughs> why would he ask that question? Why would he ask if he wants to get well? Yeah. One hand there, another hand there. Keep the hands up until you get the mic. <laughs> yes. I think it's possible that the man is so focused on the water and waiting for the angels to stir, the angel to stir it that he doesn't even realize that the person that is the solution to his issue is standing right in front of him. In fact, when Jesus asked him, he was still roaming fact, around. If his answer showed buttresses what you have said. So, um, it was fixated on a particular way he wanted God to, to move. So, but, so, why would Jesus now say, would you be made, do you want to be made well? Does that really answer that? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Before you get healed, the healing must first start from your heart. And okay. God doesn't impose choices on you. So okay. you must decide in your heart that you are going to get this healing. Okay, okay, fine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is big, but that's, what you have said is huge and big. But hold on to that thought. We are going to get that. You are going to see how God just messes our theology up. <laughs> you know, but that is, it, Jesus wanted to know, and I agree with that bit, that if, and God usually would, Want us to desire it. Yes. So the man has been there for a long time. Right. And he knows he can't move into the water. Mm. And I'm thinking he's just used to being there and just watch everybody else. Okay. You'll never be my turn. Maybe they would give me a, a few coins. Everybody going into the water would look my way and pity me. <laughs> so I'd rather just be here and take the crumbs. Okay. For people and not... I may never get in any way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you bring all those answers together... Jesus asked the man, do you want to get well? Because after a while, when we've had a challenge for a long time, the truth is, a lot of the time, that challenge becomes the identity of a lot of people. So, either it is a physical ailment, either it is a desire for a job, a spouse, children, finances, in such a way that that becomes like our ID card, if you will. So, so when it's time for healing, and Jesus is asking, do you want to be made whole? He's saying, are you willing to lay down this identity? Are you willing? There have been people that I've been maybe single for, for a long time and God has brought a life partner and they're afraid. They say, no, 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 no. Because are you willing to get married? I know a story of a man that has been in poverty for such a long time and God <coughs> blessed him. I don't want to go into details. In such a way that it was just miraculous. Do you know that this man said, he went back and said, take the money because he could not sleep at night. He says he could not sleep again. That he, like, he loves his sleep. 
So they should take his money. They have, they have money. And he dropped the money. So the fact that someone is in a condition, particularly for those that have been in a long time, it, it becomes, we, lose, we become paranoid sometimes. We lose sight of, of our prayer points. We lose sight of the things we have been trusting God for. And the question is, after time has passed, are we really desirous of God for that thing? If it stands in front of you today, can you embrace it? It's easy to look at this man and like, and like, most people don't like change. Even when it's the answer to the prayers they've been praying for years to, before. Praise the name of the Lord. So it's big. And each of us, we need to wrestle with that. If Jesus were to stand in front of you today, would you be made well? What would be your response? That well could be many things. Would you be made well? There's a story of a wife that was sick and <laughs> had a lot of prayers we made for her and she wasn't responding to anything. Then the pastor that went to pray Prayed, 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 prayed. Nothing happened. So the pastor went to God and says, God, what's going on in this place? And God says, have you asked her if she wants to be healed? And she, he, he chuckled. And he went to her and says, Madam, do you want to be healed? She says, no. And he's like, you don't want to be He says, no. He says, okay, why? Because it's obviously a counseling issue now. Why? He says, it's only when she's sick that her husband gives her attention. Uh, she's enjoying it like this, eh? If, if I let the sickness remain. <laughs> Real life story. <laughs> so would you be made whole? And by the time we get to verse 7, when Jesus asks this man, do you want to be made well? Jesus did not say, can you be made well? Do you want to be made well? The man says, I can't, sir. The sick man said, I have no one <laughs> to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always get there, gets there ahead of me. If I have to give this man a name, I'll call him Mr. Blamer. He had someone to blame for everything. Everything. Even at the end, as we are going to see, he blamed Jesus for carrying his mat on the Sabbath. If I blame the people that were supposed to be helping, because if you look at the story of um, in, in John 9, I know that's still ahead. I mean, of the blind man that Jesus says, go and wash in the pool. People must have helped him. So, the story of, of, of when the friends carried the paralytic and opened the roof of Jesus' house and, and let it down. So, it is customary that people help others in need. Particularly at that time. It's, very, it's a communal place. And so, for him to say that I have no man, it means that everyone has deserted. Everyone has deserted. If the man was 68, for instance, let's say the feminist started when he was 30, 
Maybe he started when he was 20 and he's 58. Maybe he had a babe that was with him and says, oh, I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> Maybe after 25 years, the girl said, ah. <laughs> and went his way. It's, it's possible. It's possible that he had brothers or sisters that after a while they backed off. But Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When my father and my mother forsakes me, then the Lord picks me up. There's no friend like Jesus. There's no friend like Jesus. So the man says, I can't, sir. You need to stop answering questions no one is asking. Stop answering the wrong questions. The question is not, can you? It is, would you be made whole? So the key thing here is that you cannot get the right answer when you are answering the wrong question. You cannot get the right answer when you are answering the wrong question. You cannot get the right answer when you are answering the wrong question. And the reason it was, it was answering the wrong question was because it was focused on the wrong things. The reason it was, it was answering the wrong questions was because it was focused on the wrong things. When we focus on how we want God to do it, how we want God to answer this prayer request, even when God is talking to us, our answers will be what we think he should do, not what he's telling us to do. And it is what he's telling us to do that you have to be unassuming when you're dealing with God. Totally unassuming. So when we have our plans and we're fixated on it, sometimes it's, it's a pattern that God has established, which is steady waters getting. It was God that established it for them. So the man was fixated on it. Meanwhile, Jesus, the creator of the pool, the creator of the man, the creator of the heaven, was standing in front of him, and the man couldn't get it. Why? Because he was focused on the wrong things. There are two types of wrong focus that we need to be careful of. And they are revealed in the man's response to Jesus. The first is the wrong focus called the helper focus. The helper focus. There's no one to put me in the pool. People you think should help you, if you fix your mind on some people and you think they are the ones that will help you, most likely you are going to miss God. Why? David learned it. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Unfortunately, people even have made this a big prayer point. Oh, let my helper locate me. Let my... Have you, have you heard that before? The helper of the helpless is in front of you. And you are complaining that 
you didn't have helpers to locate you. Something is wrong with that. So, the wrong focus called the helper focus has kept a lot of people bound. Jeremiah 7 says, 17 says that such a person will not even see good when it comes. When you put your hope in man. I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The Lord will make heaven and earth. He said, He will not suffer the fruit, thy fruit to be moved. The Lord that keepeth me. of your help. Some from Uncle Joe and the rest from the Lord. Some from Auntie Risikat and the rest from the Lord. All of my help. All comes from God. All I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories. But for time. <laughs> all. Everybody say all. Comes from the Lord. That's the wrong focus number one we see in this story. The helper focus. The second wrong focus we see in this story is the enemy focus. Enemy focus. I didn't say focus now. Enemy focus. My able assistant have put the ED. You don't know the tense I'm going to use. <laughs> the people you think are blocking your way. It's a wrong focus. 
It's a big wrong focus. He says, he says, he says, but when the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. They are blocking my way. The ones from the village. Let them fall down and die. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, of course. Any enemy that tries to block your way, by now all the giants are falling and they are dead. In Jesus' name. You see, but we can't be enemy focused. We can't. We have to be Jesus focused. We have to be Jesus focused. Jesus was standing in front of you. Who wants to enter your way? Who wants to block your way when Jesus is in front of you? To be a suicide mission for the person. A lot of the challenges we have are mind battles. They are just mind battles. We just need to win in our minds. So, while Jesus was focused on him, he was focused on other people that did or didn't help him. God is focused on you. Would you be made whole? What do you want? You are focused on what your sister cheated you 15 years ago. No. What do you want now? What do you want? What do you want? So, so we see here that sometimes all that stands between Jesus and us is a flimsy excuse. The blank there is flimsy excuse. I'll flip your page. Sometimes all that stands between Jesus and us is a flimsy excuse. So, question. Can you think of a time when a flimsy excuse stood between you and what God wanted to do in your life? And how God helped you overcome it? Anybody? Okay. The hand right there in front. Can you think of a time when a flimsy excuse stood between you and what God wanted to do in your life? Yeah. Okay, this, um, this experience came to mind. I remember when I was in um, UI, Ibadan, and um, I had to go home for one reason or the other from school. And then, of course, I had to take a public transport home. That was in the university. My mom was in Ibadan then. And um, while in the bus... Um, the Holy Spirit asked me to just open my mouth, you know, and share the gospel, you know. And then I looked around, looked at everybody in the bus, and I saw that majority of them were probably market women, you know, just coming back from the market and things like that. So I right. said, if I share the gospel in English, these people would not understand. And I, and I told God, I said, there's no way I can share the gospel in Yoruba language. So I kept quiet, and halfway, I still kept quiet. But then I'd completely lost my peace. So I just decided, okay, God, I'm just, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to allow you to have your way. I'm going to share the gospel in Yoruba language. So I just opened my mouth and um, shared the gospel in Yoruba language. And then by the time I was done, you know, to the glory of God, I could see quite a number of them with tears coming down. And I was like, oh, what did I really say? 
you know, and then I gave the altar call and quite a number of them actually gave their lives to Christ. Daddy. So that was a flimsy excuse. <laughs> okay, thank you. Anybody else? Flimsy excuse. I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have enough money. I have too much money. What's the flimsy excuse? Okay. I'm sure you have them. If you haven't, then you are the perfect one among us. A lot of, I had mine. I mean, okay, so we just go on for time. Verse 8. Thank you for sharing that. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. The first thing that jumps out I don't say is that Jesus doesn't need anybody's permission to bless you. He doesn't. Jesus, he doesn't need the permission of the people you think should help you get in the pool. He doesn't need the permission of people you think are blocking you. He doesn't need the permission of the people that like your face. He doesn't need the permission of people that don't like your face to bless you. Aren't you excited about that? <laughs> That's God is not waiting for permission. For I mean, if God needed to wait for permission for some people, people are very wicked though. Some people will never get blessed. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, are you ready for this? Jesus did not even need the man's permission to bless him. Which is why I said my sister should hold that thought of... <laughs> Many times, Jesus will heal someone and says, your faith has made you whole, right? So, what she said is valid. God works with our faith. But sometimes, regardless of what you think, regardless of what you do, he wants to bless you, we bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. And in God's very house, he has chosen to bless us. Praise the name of the Lord. He has chosen to bless us. Look, in spite of ourselves, this man didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't know who Jesus was. And Jesus didn't introduce himself like chapter 4 he did to the Samaritan woman. He says, I'm the Messiah. No, he just says, get up, take up your bed and walk. Boom. And he was healed. So he didn't have faith. There was no, Jesus didn't have a pedigree with him. He was just seen as a total stranger. And Jesus did not take his permission. He asked him, the guy was telling Jesus stories, 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 stories. In fact, I can imagine Jesus, I mean, maybe he didn't say this, but maybe if my own kind of temper, I'll just say, oh God, shut up. Get up. So the Bible you hear, shut up, get up, <laughs> take off your bed and walk. <laughs> you know, what's all the stories? Would you be made whole? That's the question. That's the question. So, you know, thinking about this, you know, I was like, why didn't Jesus say, like the question in your outline, um, Stand up and walk. Why? 
why add the difficult task of pick up your mat for a man that has not worked for 38 years? It's, I mean, get up and walk without carrying any load is easier than get up, pick up your mat and walk. Why did Jesus do that? Who, 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 can, who can go? Why do you think he did? There's a hand at CMM right back there. And there's, there's another hand right there in front. Okay, and there's another hand here. Okay. I think it's um, to show him that he was made completely whole. Uh-huh. Because if he has to pick up his mat, he uh-huh. will have to bend down and get up again. Uh-huh. That means he will discover that his spine is brand Healed. new. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, that's, that's correct. Um, next person, if you have the mic. Yeah, okay. Praise the God. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith without work is dead. So, and um, that we should work out our salvation with trembling. Fear and trembling. Yes. So, Jesus needed him to act upon, right. you know, the healing that he had got. Amen. And maybe to some extent to make it permanent or just do something. An action, Amen. you know, requires or a reaction or action, Amen. you know, that kind of a thing. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. That's, that's also valid. Um, yes, please. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. Um, sometimes when Jesus heals us, it's because he also wants us to remember where we used to be so we don't forget. And um, I think this mat for me would stand as a souvenir mm. to, for him to remember when he was down on the ground mm. and um, he didn't have anybody to help him. So yeah. his picking up that mat would make him remember when he sees other people down there, he mm. would have empathy on them. Amen. Amen. It's big because, yes, it's, it's big because, you know, sometimes when God does something for you, after a while you forget and I've, I mean, as a pastor, I've seen people that God has taken from, I mean, total mess and has beautified their lives. Now, there's somebody else in the same mess and they are so impatient with the person. And I'm like, I said to my wife, can't you see the same person that was uh, two, just two years ago? He didn't carry his mat. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, I'm alluding to what uh, Pastor Moyo said. And right. Also, I, I think take up your mat also means so that you don't go back to that place mm. of where you were incapacitated and a beggar before. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's big. Okay, so we'll take one more and I will go on. <laughs> the choir is trying to be humble. I know you want to say something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I will just add to what that guy said now. But looking at it now, who is he leaving a mat there for now? The guy, eh? Do you understand? He's not, <laughs> he doesn't belong there anymore. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. So yes, sir. I'm trying healed, to get it, sir. Why will you leave your mat there? It's right. your property. You don't belong there. Go with everything that belongs to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was passionately delivered. Okay. So, is your, what are you, what is he doing there? Take it. And go. Ah. In fact, I feel like preaching to someone. Take up your mat and go. I, I, I was just hearing how my grandmother used to say it. Be a kitere. QC. 
It's, it's huge. But I won't even dive into it right now. So thank God for all the responses. Praise the Lord. That's fantastic. Verse 7, verse, um, so an instruction from Jesus just makes all the excuses crumble totally. Verse 9 to 11, verse 9 to 11 says, instantly, instantly the man was healed. And he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on a Sabbath, which means there's trouble coming. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man, who was cured? You can't walk on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry your sleeping mat, which is a lie, which is a Pharisee oral law, not the law, Mosaic law. You know, but for every law, they had 39, they had 39 sub-laws, you know. This was one of the 39 sub-laws of, of, of the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry the sleeping mat. But he replied, ah, it's not me. The man who healed me, uh, Mr. Blema, is the one that said, pick up your mat and go. <laughs> and we will help you find him. Which was what he did eventually. We're going to see that. In verse 10, he says, you must. <laughs> you know, he says that. He says, so the Jewish leader objected and says, you can't walk on a Sabbath day. You know, and the man says, oh, the man that healed me told me, they say he had an issue. You see someone has been crippled for 38 years. He's getting up. He's carrying his mat and he's walking. And all you can think about was the law. You are not dancing. You are not jubilating. That's what religion does to you. Religion is a very bad thing. Hugely bad. That's nothing to do with God. When Jesus says that, go and find the meaning. I require um, mercy and not sacrifice. He said to them, the woman that was bent over and Jesus healed her on the Sabbath, they were watching, is he going to, is he going to heal her? And he asked, this woman that is the daughter of Abraham, should she not be healed even on the Sabbath? Get up, woman, stretch yourself. And she was healed. And they had an issue with it. And Jesus was like, how can you have an issue with that? On Sunday, I mean, to the glory of God, 101 people gave their life to Jesus. Here in, in Lagos, in, in Cape Town, when we made the call, three people gave their lives to Jesus in Cape Town. In Calabar, when we made the call, five people gave their lives to Jesus in Calabar. You must never be an old Christian. You know what old Christians? Old Christians say, are they really sure about this? Their salvation decision. Old Christian. Old Christian. Let's just give all the glory to God, though. Let's just give all the glory to God. Old Christians. It sounds pious, but it's old Christian. Let us pray that their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's useless prayer. I had an old Christian say that. Let's just pray that their names will be this book of life. It's not just the one-on-one decisions that they have made. Listen, the moment they said, Jesus, here I am. Their names were written in the last book of life. You don't need your prayer to write it there. I'm just irritated at some people's responses. Old Christians, you can't, the Bible says, heaven rejoices over one person. We had 101, and we were like, 
I know that guy. Is he sure? Is that your business? Why can't you just rejoice with heaven? For once. <laughs> Hallelujah. See after me, I must never be an old Christian. Maybe I think it's verse 11. Mr. Blamer blames Jesus for his Pharisaic offense of carrying the mat. And by the time we read verses 15, 16, and 18, it says, Then the man went and told the Jews, the Jewish leaders, that it was Jesus. After Jesus had appeared to him and said, Oh God, you have been healed now. Go and sin no more. He says, hey, it is you, Abi. That is all that was in his mind. Ran, went to meet the leaders and said, that's the man. I blame him for what happened. For me carrying. The guy that ignored your blaming of your father, your brother, your family members, your lovers that abandoned you by the pool. That ignored your, your blaming of the people that blocked your way. That still made a way for you and healed you. You are going to repay him by throwing him to the dogs. That was Jesus who healed him. Jesus claims to be the son of God. Verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. Verse 18, after I said, I'm, I'm the son of God, what are you saying? So, the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. Just because of this guy. Sometimes, you do good for someone, and they just repay you with evil. Don't worry, they did it for Jesus. You are going to triumph in Jesus' name. How do you expect and explain this? Why did he repay Jesus like that. Anybody wants to go as we pull the curtain? Yes, sir. Why did you repeat Jesus? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, you pardon me, sir. I'm not really biblical. Oh, I'm not biblically inclined, but see, let me use the word. Okay. So I really don't know the preceding parts of that scripture. Okay. But from where we read, I don't see that as this as blame. I rather see that that man is too obedient, that he quoted Jesus verbatim. There's a quotation mark in that scripture, that portion of the Bible, where it said, the man who hid me said, there's a quotation mark, pick up your mat and go. So, meaning that what Jesus said to him sank into his spirit. Okay. So, he... he I, go- I, I agree with that. Okay. okay, fine. So, he said that, right? The man who told me, he quoted Jesus. Papa. Yes, he quoted then Jesus. Then, the religious is everybody has gone. Then, Jesus came to meet him and said to him, Oga, don't sin again, no. And Jesus left. Then, he ran to meet the religious leaders. He said, that's the guy. So, did Jesus tell him not to tell people? Or is he against the law of the Jews that if Jesus hid you, you should not come and tell us? What I'm saying is, the motive behind telling those people was not to indict Jesus Christ. You know why it is? You know why it is? Because the people had an issue with it. And they told him he was going to get into trouble. I said, you, you are not supposed to carry this thing. 
So whatever punishment they would have given him, he said, that's the guy. That's why I said, I don't know the person. Uh, yes, yes, I know, I know. That's why you are here, to, to be educated. Hallelujah. <laughs> but thank you for that. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, that's very useful for us. Okay. <clears throat> Anybody else? Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, just messes up your head. It's just pleasing. It, it's like you pleasing the wrong person. Trying to please the Jews. Yeah. Someone just healed you. And you're worried about... You didn't even remember your 38 years of lying on the ground. Uh. Because your focus was shifted from the Messiah to the people who can't even help you. Absolutely. So this is just like, I can't even sit still to imagine why would you even think of pleasing the wrong person when there is a Messiah right in front of you, healing you and taking you from where you used to be out. Because you're not focused on... Amen. The answer is that he, yeah. had, he had no interest None. In, in knowing Jesus. Give me the gift. I, no. I, I don't want you, and I'm e done with you. Exactly. So, everyone that just wants a breakthrough, a blessing, and not interested in the person of Jesus, will inevitably behave like this. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so, finally, verse 14, it says, but afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Now, the question is, the, the word don't sin there is, in, in other translations, it's present continuous. The question is, was the man was bedridden, what sin was he committed? <laughs> Lost, maybe? <laughs> because greed, maybe? Anger, maybe? It was bitterness, it could be bitterness against the people that were supposed to help him and didn't help him. Maybe jealousy against the people that got to the water first. So it, it can't be the sins that we think when, when we hear sin no more, there's a sin that comes to our mind. Right? Or maybe two or maybe three. For some people, five. So, so, so interestingly... Jesus was actually talking about the sin nature. And Jesus actually gave him an opportunity to follow him, the Messiah. So, so Jesus had not come to simply give healing. He had come to give himself life. Which is what he said to the Samaritan woman. I will give you water that you will not thirst anymore. Praise the name of the Lord. So, without Jesus, your sin remains. Without Jesus, the sin persists. With Christ, it's hung on the cross, nailed to the cross. Do we have any questions? Is <laughs> a hand there. Yes, sir. Has this been useful for to anybody? Okay. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah.
since we began the book of John, it's been quite interesting for me. Uh, my focus right here now is the common ground, uh, the, the, the well, the pool, and all having the association with water. Oh. And stay in the same Bible, the first miracle Jesus performed oh. was water to wine. Water to wine. Sir, you are the pastor. You should know what I don't. What significance is this? Water. Water and well. I'm seeing a common ground here. Like the woman, like we learned the other time. So, like, let's just, so you want to know the significance of, of water. Why is the co common theme? Yeah. Water, water, Where? water, water. Where See, even Nicodemus, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. Why? Is Jesus always, does he want us to have only water somewhere? <laughs> I think you tell me that, sir. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's a very good question. And, and the truth is that Jesus did not mince words by saying, I am the water of life. So everything that water represented in all those situations is who Jesus has come to be for us. Praise the Lord. Rewind chapter 2. Cana, Galilee. Is the one that turns water to wine. So every dry situation, boring situation, unhappy situation, is come to bring joy. Chapter 3. Nicodemus. Water and the spirit. Eternal life is in Christ Jesus. Chapter 4, woman by the well is saying, that well, not only will I give you eternal life, it becomes a well in you that you will not even thirst anymore. Jesus. Chapter 5, water, healing of <laughs> of this man. He says, I am your healer. I'm the Lord that healed you. Did I jump chapter one? Baptism. Water. Water is there. Interesting. To be interested to know that. Let's see what we read in chapter six. <laughs> but I know there's water in chapter seven. I know there's water in chapter nine. Not sure about the others. I will check. Praise the name of the Lord. So thank you for that question. Since there are no more questions. <laughs> okay, do you have any question? Anybody else? Quickly before we shut down. Yes, sir. So we take one more question, then then we shut down. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, it's something I related to this. Place where Jesus healed somebody. Um, someone who was blind from birth. Right. Uh, and he healed him and said that uh, I think his disciples or the Pharisees were asking him who sinned. Who sinned, exactly. So at this point, too, Jesus Christ is telling this man, You're well, now you're well, go and stop sinning. Yet there's no kind of sin that is mentioned. 
Right. Okay. So then in the other portion of the Bible, the other part of the Bible where they were asking what sin did this man right. commit? Hey, sometimes I just feel that the Bible is sorry to say kind of incomplete. Contradictory or what? Or incomplete. Yeah, it's incomplete. Because at the end of the day, I, I really do not learn anything from I came in later. But that was the part where I really wanted to know where what this man what, what kind of sin what kind of has, sin has this man has okay and the other man okay, in the bible okay. who actually sinned is it him or his father okay <laughs> thank you it's a good thing that you came because god is about to solve your problem you know in the book of john this same john by the time we get to no was it john or, or, or acts it says that if all the things that jesus did if you had to, it's John. If you had to write it in a book, the whole book in the world will not be enough to contain it. Which means that the Bible does not have all the stories of what Jesus did. But guess what? Deuteronomy 29, 29, the things that are revealed to us are for us. But the things that are not revealed is not our business. We don't need it. So this one that has been revealed is for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Back to the specific question. One case, Jesus says, is not their sin. It's to the glory of God. The other case, Jesus says, oh boy, be careful of sin. It just tells us that no two situations have the same root cause. Some because of sin, some it's purely because of God's glory. So, when somebody has a problem, Christians usually assume that uh, only God knows what she has done or what he has done. Not every problem is as a result of, of a misdeed. So, that's just what it says. Nothing more. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Thank you. I hope that helped you. Thank you. Um, since there are no more questions... <laughs> Can you see that we are, on, we are on a journey here? So next week, we are going to look at the um, remaining part of chapter 5. And we'll take it from there. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Father, you are the answer to all our questions. Lord Jesus, you are the answer to all our questions. We pray that you answer all the questions in our hearts in the name of Jesus. You know that the word of God says that Jesus himself speaking, he says, I am the water of life. And as we said, the water in all the situations are different. So I don't know, maybe for you, it's a change in direction of baptism. For you, it is to bring brightness and sweetness in your life, wine. For, some, for you, it's, it's actually to become born again today. For some other people, it's for the well to become and it, uh, water to eternal life. And for some other people, it's healing. Why don't you talk to God? What part of the waters of life do you need? And if you're saying today that, Pastor, my own is salvation. I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to open my life to God. 
Or I used to be born again at backsliding. Can you come? Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, that is me. Pastor, pray with me. Put up your hand over your head. Quickly, and we'll pray together. Pray with me. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Oh, God bless you, my brother right here. God bless you, my brother at the back. God bless you. God bless you. Take the card. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand and just talk to God. Say, open my heart to you. I open my heart. Feel me. Save me. Cleanse me. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Father, we pray for everyone in this place. We pray for the, the, your children that are surrendering to you. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. They are surrendering to you today. We ask, Lord, that you save them, deliver them, reveal yourself to them. You are the answer. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.